3: Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind, it's Tuesday afternoon, it's my Celtic and joined by James McKenzie, Brian Degden. it's Love Day, we're sharing the love in Axom here and this Valentine's Tuesday, I know it's a special day um, for, for Celtic fans all around the world for another reason, well, I won't dwell too much on that, so it's a happy Valentine's Day to you, you all know what I mean, it's a very happy Valentine's Day. Brian, we were just saying before we came on air. Half past seven this morning, Celtic dropped the video. They gave us a wee teaser last night. We were gonna to get to see the players respond to um some tweets coming in from from fans. Um Callum McGregor looked a wee bit anxious, I think, after watching some of that. But what was your whole take and the whole uh, you know players sitting down to read the tweets out? A summer a wee bit a wee bit over the top, I think.
4: <laughs> I, I hated it. I thought um I think with these guys, with the, the players sitting down, it is kind of funny in a way to see them. I like when you see the, the one with Greg Taylor and um, Johnson was really quite good. He was teaching the sports phrases. That was kind of fun, right? Because obviously they're both quite funny guys. But you cannot, you simply cannot get Aaron Moy reading a tweet to get a funny response. The big man was doing this. He yes, said, I know he's going go to word his way through and he wants me to say hello. And it was <laughs> criminal, I felt it as if it lasted about an hour and a half. He's brilliant at football. He's not a good talker. He can't be putting these things out. Well, for me. Hated it.
3: Yeah. Just, just let everybody know, Brian is available for Steve Irwin impressions if that's what you're after, by the way. <laughs> um James, uh, what was your take on it? I thought uh, you could have probably put Jot in front of the camera for the whole five minutes of it. I think he was uh, he was certainly the highlight of it. You know, when he, he's talking about that mullet ready for anything. He sees Glaswegians getting even better when he talks about going for a wee dance. Um I'd have just rather they'd fired Jota in front of the camera. I think for the whole uh, spiel. What was your whole take for the video?
5: I it was it was quite funny. Half it was people calling Jota and really handsome. The other half was people asking to kiss Moy and Midas heads, which yeah. I thought was very strange. Man. I can't even shave it. I was surprised about. Uh, I can't Brian, me. I was expecting him
3: to have shaved the barnet when he came on the day. By <laughs> the way,
5: <laughs> well, I've got a bald cap for Halloween last year. Maybe I should have rocked up for that one.
3: Um, but aye, uh, thanks to everybody who's tuning in just now. Um, We've got people from Melbourne and Australia, Plymouth, um, you're all very welcome on here. Before we get into the meat and bones, we've just kind of touched on that wee bit of light-heartedness, could you say, Um, on this Valentine's Day from, if you've not checked it out, go and watch it. It's probably nine minutes, you won't get back. But it's quite funny. One thing I was actually really impressed about it taking away for the, the the laughter and it was real hitati, Brian. and um, he obviously said in that that diary um entry that he does, I think it's every kind of three months or whatever, that um, you know, coping with not being selected for the World Cup, he was talking about um how he's adapting to life in Glasgow. one thing he he, you know, paid particular attention to was when he's going to Lennox Town in the morning, he's trying to learn English and it was quite impressive, you know, and now been at Celtic for a year. To, to see him in that video you know he's rather in speaking his, his native tongue he's he's having a go
4: Aye absolutely and I, I tell you what you know his English <clears throat> is considerably better than my Japanese so I kind of fought the guy for it always, um, what I really like about Hitate is that I remember I think towards the end of last season he wrote an article about just having moving and loving himself and you know feeling mentally great and, and struggling a wee bit and being tired and some people were kind of critical I thought it was excellent from him I thought it was really nicely written. I thought it was quite brave to, to open up and I think it's really refreshing when you see players, you know, just chatting about their feelings, chatting about their situation, chatting about their thoughts. I think it's really good and I think it's something that you know, people in general, especially guys and especially athletes, don't do enough. Um, so I think it's really key for people to open up and hopefully if people see guys like that doing it, maybe they'll be encouraged. Um but in terms of the, the football thing, I think what it says about its character. He's determined to improve and make the absolute best in a situation. I think you can see that this season. He's been getting better. And I know we're going to talk about the game for the weekend in a bit, but his um, impact off the bench, it wasn't just the, the goals, it was a real desire to impress and make sure he starts next time. So I just think as it's, it's a he's got a great attitude and I think that really came across.
3: Absolutely. James, Bo- uh, we'll, we'll kick off with Rio Hitati because where else is a better place to start with of course we're going to be talking about um, Kyogo and O'Duty. obviously the B-man going off at the weekend uh, what that might mean potentially for the Via Play Cup final um, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that but but in Rio Hitati I think as Brian says you know a lot of us thought there'd be a lot of rotation going at the weekend I certainly said that on here on Friday see the team sheet come out on Saturday um, at the back of four one change from the St. Johnson game that one change Uh escaped me who, I think it was Adam Moy coming in um in midfield um or David Turnbull coming in probably actually um but in terms of that you know when, when you're looking at it we were saying before we came on air that you know the manager has spoken about whether it's players five minutes, forty five minutes a chance to impress Ruitati came on and it was you know I know it was ten men and St. and on Saturday, but he was absolutely fantastic when he came on, he takes that second goal magnificently well.
5: Yeah, there was, was when Hatate really came on. I thought that's Celtic went up to a new level. I thought we were already playing it right. It was sort of the standard performance that I've come to expect over uh, recent weeks. But the game that really changed when they came on, Hatate was involved in absolutely everything. And that the fifth goal that you were just mentioning there—it's a brilliant finish. It's was it, it was first time as well, like right into yeah. that. top oh god, yeah. it was a fantastic finish and. It was good to see Matt O'Reilly get his first goal of the season as well, I think. The only other goal he's had was in that wee sort of friendly we had against Wren during the mm-hmm. sort of off period. But the fact that we've got these players covered off the bench and they're able to make an impact, it shows that there's five minutes, 45 minutes. No matter how much time you get, there's a chance to impress. And Rio had absolutely done that in the game at the weekend and for sure he will probably be back in the starting lineup for the next fixture.
3: Yep, no doubt. He'll probably start the game against Aberdeen. Um, Brian, that probably takes his own nicely into the kind of midfield setup. up It was something, again, we spoke about on Friday. Things can change very quickly. Um, it wasn't Aaron Moy's best performance in a Celtic jersey at the weekend, by any means. But again, you've got Matt O'Reilly cover off the benches, back chap at the door of the manager, gets that first goal. You mentioned last week, you know, he's still got the top assists at the club. And, um, you know, everybody's just playing their part just now, but in terms of Matt O'Reilly, it was great to see him get that goal eventually.
4: Well, I'm always happy to see Big Matt. Um, I've been seeing him Vantage Valentine's Day cards every, every week since he joined. Um, no listen, I he's, he's an excellent player and I think he came on and done really well as well. I think um, when you've got a player that has quality coming off the bench, I think it really illustrates the, the strength of depth, particularly in midfield. And as you see White wide not know the game, but I think he's set up the, the first goal, didn't he? Yeah, well,
3: yep. yeah, Ball so, face.
4: Still, still with a, a, a strong contribution um but yeah we really come on it's good to see him score hopefully if he keeps scoring that's the only thing that's been missing for his game if he can get that down start improving again get back into the side and the thing about it is as well you're no disappointed when you see the team lineups, ups regardless of who's starting who's not when generally speaking we always do our predictions who would you start who do you think is going to start etc but very few times do you look at it and go, oh no, why is he starting him? What's going on? It's just know that type of squad now and it almost does not matter and I know we're going to talk about Kyogo, but even if Kyogo's no playing, you still sort of think there's enough there and the system's so strong and the players are so drilled that, yeah, of course, individual brilliance always counts but you can sort of take someone out of that and it doesn't really affect the whole team dynamic and I think it's just an amazing situation to be in. I think, um, Colin was talking the other day about how much easier and how much more pleasurable it's talking to Celtic now, as opposed to in the sort of latter days of Lennon's time. Mm-hmm. That's native to Lennon, but also the team was playing really poorly. And then it, it, it seems so long ago. If you're watching a game, playing that badly because I think we've followed with the football we've seen. I think honestly.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a special team. It's a special group of players at this point in time. Um, you know, that's a wee link back to, uh, I popped up on Twitter um, earlier today, that it was two years ago today that we, we won up at um, McDermott Park. Godson Edwards scored two cracking goals for Celtic. Um, and that was actually the last time that we won on the road until the beginning of October in 2021. So even even that's less than two years ago. And um, to think about that, you know, in a context, I, you know, February to October, a Celtic team no one in the road at all is is unbelievable um, to think about. Well, James, I'll bring in this comment here. Um, people are speaking about, you know, and using that, that five sub rule well here, saying, you know, it's a joy having a strong start of living in a bench that is solid. This five sub rule has been a godsend and uses it to the max. But I'm going to fire the flip of that over to you. k who's coming in the comments here to say the whole point of having two players at every spot is to use two players at every spot. What's the point of having them if you don't use them? Was you take taking that because obviously first part of the season we were navigating through a Champions League campaign and we were using the squad to maximum effect. We were going midweek into weekend. Has it surprised you that the rotation's not been as much or can you not rotate your team too much when you're playing, you know, once every week and you're building towards a cup final?
5: Well, due to the system that Celtic play, every player needs to be in tip-top fitness. It has to be at the sort of best possible level it has to be. So I think... We've got the team there that could play two times a week, week in, week out. And with how packed the fixture schedule's been getting recently, it's it's going to wind down a bit as we get closer to the end of the season and the Cups start to wind down as well. But I would have expected a bit more rotation, but there's still been quite a lot of rotation anyway. In the Cup, we had David Turnbull coming, a rare opportunity for him. But just on, I think, two players for each position is how... I would set up a team if I was a manager anyway. It's a really smart command that you've got high quality in every single position. Anybody could drop out, you'd be confident with the replacement that's going to come in. And that's what a top team does. I think this five sub rule, it's really benefited Celtic, I think. I know every team has five subs, but not every team has the depth that the we have. It's a testament of the team that Ange built.
3: Brian, what's your take on it? Because I know people will continually say, you know, they're, they're concerned that, you know, people might start to become frustrated at that and, and whatever else. But to me, at this point in time, kind of looking at February's fixture hall, apart from that Livingston game um, at the beginning of the month, that was only midweek fixture. I think when you're building towards the cup final, as I say, it's very different, difficult to make too many alterations to your team and you want to build momentum towards something like that. I think maybe off the back of that, you might see starting to make those changes. I know we're, we're going to talk about Hearts in the Scottish Cup, and with that draw happening yesterday. But I think for me, anyway, it's one game now to go before that Rangers game, and everybody's going to want to play in it.
4: Yeah, so there's a couple of a couple of points here. So I've I've, I've heard a lot of people saying that the the five sub rule benefits Celtic more because it's better players. But I would the argument I would say against that is that if you look at St. Mirren. And look at their performance, right? I thought them were pretty good against us. I think the 5-1 scoreline flattered us, if I'm honest. I thought thought it was a tighter game than that. But the reason they played so well is because they were really, really fit and they were working so, so hard, right? Now, inevitably, what's going to happen is their fitness levels are going to crash and then we start to dominate at the end. But if they can replace half their outfield team, surely that's just as much of an advantage. So if they can replace those five players that are getting tired and keep playing that way, there's nothing to say they can get the result. So I think the five sub rule does benefit, even from that perspective, even if it's maybe not a skill thing, from a sheerly a, a fitness perspective. Obviously, we sell to it we've better quality coming off. But that's just because you could make that, if you take that argument to its logical conclusion, then we shouldn't be to make any subs because we've always got better quality coming off the bench so we've always got an advantage. So I think, I think, it's a wee bit overrated to sort of say they're benefiting more for the five sub rule because I don't really agree with it. What I would like to see in terms of rotation, because I think it, that's the other thing. I know Ange doesn't do mass rotation, but I think very rarely does he play the same starting 11 twice. I think there's often at least one, maybe two changes. The only thing he doesn't intend to change is the back four or back five, if you count Joe Hart. But he has said in the past that it's the hardest Place to get into his team is the defence um, the only thing I would like to see different is you know maybe the last two subs of the game could be like a, a, a Vata or a LOL or an Iwata guys that maybe haven't played a lot mm-hmm. to come on especially if you're a couple of goals up I'd like to see more of the, the, the sort of you no know, fringe players but guys that maybe a bit of a chance even the Kobayashi's to come in for the last 15 minutes say game. if you're winning 3-0 there's no reason not to do it so I'd like to see more of that but I can't see a huge issue with the, the rotation because I think I think Anne said it well a while ago. He says when people are questioning the lineups, they know about ten percent of what I know about what I'm seeing every day. So it could be attitude, mm-hmm. could be fitness, could be the way they've trained. There's always reasons. So you, I think we've um, I think we've all been scolded by trying trying to second guess Anne because usually it, it proves it all wrong every single week, which and you know all the better for it.
3: Yeah, and can I go into a cup game, you know, some of us would have thought, I keep touching back on that kind of Rafe Rovers game last season, that you might have got, you know, four or five subs. But as I say, I just think with the, the fixture pile up, it would have been interesting had you had, you know, whether it be Europa League or uh, football after Christmas, some form of European football, if you would have then seen that rotation there. But that's not in a fixture schedule, so you, you're just playing it as it is. I mean you've only got one fixture a week. You just need to manage your squad to the base of that point. And again, as I say, I think that's building towards that cup final, um, which is you know, it's one game at a time, but it's still bit at the back of the manager's mind to have that in his thoughts. Um, you know, that Aberdeen game's gonna come, it's gonna be our final league game before that cup final. again you wouldn't expect too many changes um going into that team. But I, as I say, I think there's always gonna be a kind of it's gonna be a debate in Celtic fans because people are gonna say, you know, you've got a big squad there, use it. Whereas others are going to say, you know, you don't want to change a a winning team too much. But I I think, you know, looking at mobile
1: phone companies say they offer home Internet. But if their Internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone Internet, not home Internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for.
3: That we were right not to take Saint Murn um, you know, as an easy game because you say Brian. I thought they played pretty well. They had a go at Celtic Park, the two up top. They kind of went into a five-three-two towards the latter stages of the game, um, which was you know, sorry, a five-two-two almost because of your man getting sent off. But uh, yeah, fair play to Saint Murn for for that um at the weekend.
4: The thing I remember as well, Dexter. There's always two two sides to it. So see you. Say we'd rotated the squad as you say against St. Mirren They played maybe some of the younger players, the so-called French players, and yeah. they beat, then if they blame that, if they say, So oh, why should you rotate? Or if you play some of the younger players, he's not ready, he should beat. So will take the pressure suddenly worse. The flip side is if you play these guys and they're winning, you go hold on, maybe they can hold a place down. So there's always two ways of looking at it. I think that you know, as much as you want to see rotation, maybe some of these guys can play, I'm dying to see a water play mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd love to say well, I, I said on Friday I think if he does play he'll McGregor will move forward and he'll drop into McGregor's number six I don't think McGregor will get dropped so that would be quite good um, so you might see wee bits of rotation like that but again it's it's a, it's a fine margin because you're kind of damned if you do damned if you don't because if you win it all and these guys get dropped then you say why well, you dropped him he won last week if you mm-hmm. play him then don't get beat you say why well, you don't play him again he, so it's yeah, I understand how frustrating, how difficult
3: it must be for the manager. No, absolutely. And, you know, what do we know? The, the manager knows best always, uh, in my opinion. We can only kind of uh, think as fans what we would do. And what uh, we can only ramble in anything. Ramble. ramble, that's it. And James, you know, at, at the weekend, maybe a lot of us would have thought, oh, Kyogo's went off the park, here comes o on. But the manager didn't do that. He, he went to Dyson Maida and, you know, playing through the middle, something he does for his international side, he, he did it at the, the World Cup there. That's where he gets his goal from, and, and it's great that we've also got that option there and a flexibility with the forward players that we can do that in the game.
5: Yeah, I was in the exact same boat. As soon as Keogh went off, I was thinking, well, this will be a good, what, 70 minutes to see Ohiongu get a proper sort of bash at it. Once, one glance at Tottenham, you're wondering, why is he not coming on? But then we're all proven wrong as made Maeda moves to the middle and scores minutes after Kyogo goes off so well I think don't doubt Ange there's only been maybe two instances I can think of this season where you could have doubted the team selection you'd have been proven right that would be St Mirren and the Ibrox game those are the only two instances I can think of but at the end of the day we're just fans Ange's manager he picks the team and probably 99% of the time he's
3: bang on yeah absolutely Um, and Brian in terms of that you know it's our tagline today, um, you know, we want to look at oh he get his first goal for Celtic at the weekend as I say he, he get his goal playing through the, the the middle, but I think that'll do all oh, the the world a good and you know as a Celtic forward I think at this point in time that's the kind of goals you want to see him score because how many times do we put those flashing balls across the box? Um so it was great for, for both of them um, to get the goal but I think Saturday will probably be a good indication um, that if Kyogo isn't going to make the cup final and again, that is, we, that's up in the air just now we don't know as far as the press are reporting today he's going to get a scan so we'll, we'll likely know within the next couple of days um, but it'll be interesting to see what he does at the weekend because even if Kyogo is going to be fit and available for the cup final I think that's what we're all hoping and praying is the case y- you want to get some some minutes into his legs just in case that this situation arises again
4: yeah absolutely um, I've got to say though I think I've said it a couple of times that like I don't I never really feel that uh, Dijen's a, a winger I, he, he never fits that more for me I don't think he's crossing as brilliant, but he works so hard so I actually prefer him through the middle like I, I think he's really effective there I don't think he's nearly as clinical as, or as, as good a goal scorer as Kewo um, but he works so hard for the front he just occupies a whole back four on his own and it allows Say Abada or to come into the strikers role, so I quite like Mieda there, and I think if Kyogo can't make the cup final, I would start Mieda because I think he's got a bit more experience and a bit more experience in that system and in those games. Um, that being said, I would like to see O feature for the start. Before that, to give the manager the headache because if O comes in and scores a hat trick against Aberdeen, say then you think, oh wait, a minute, hold on here. Uh, you can see how he, how he does over a full game because we've only seen sort of wee cameos and if he was like the type of striker that, you know, it, he's at penalty pox, sort of, you will get those wee, those wee extra uh, knock-ins and stuff like that, right place, right time kind of striker. Um, so I would like to see all before the, the final start of game, but I suspect if he, if Keogh isn't fit, it would be Maeda that starts. And uh, just a wee, I saw Paddy Lavery in the chat, Paddy, your cards are on the way, pal. I've not
3: forgot about you. I hope there's plenty of X's on it. Uh, Brian, j- just to kind of, you know, bring that into the conversation there as I was checking my phone there. I, I was looking to see who, who we played in the-, the semi-final, the last time we played Rangers at Hamden and we went with Dyson Maida through the middle then. It was a bad on the right-hand side and Jota on the left-hand side, which maybe wouldn't be too far away with what we would possibly see. But again, James, you know, a, a big thing a lot of people said, you know, with Yakimakis departing the building was even though he didn't score against Rangers in any of the Derby games, it always gave the set of halves a torrid time due to his physicality. We know that, that O has got that in his locker, maybe not to the same extent as Yakimakis, but O's also got that, that way that he can he turn that player. But again, you know, as Brian says, the, the system, I think, is always going to be the thing that the manager you know has that focus on. It was something he was trying to do last season. You could see it oh, wasn't working because the personnel just went there to do it. But I'm in a position that uh, the system, to me, from that semi-final, was in a lot better place. Um, and the, the team, likely, if that was to be the case, and Dyson played for the middle, wouldn't be too far away from that Celtic team that played that Scottish Cup semi-final. But I think you know, even from then, we've made improvements in the way that we play.
5: Yeah, especially in some of the younger, brought in players like Hacks of March, The team has. I he, he can't even say the team's covered leaps and bounds because we're still very good at that point. But the the next few weeks will be very tailored as to how we're going to line up in that if we see Kyogo back, if he's not back. I, I would like to see O play for the middle. We've signed him to be the backup striker to hopefully eventually come in over Kyogo. So we've hardly really seen him play either. We've seen five, ten minutes here and there. We've seen him play a wee bit. We've seen him score. But unless you're an avid fan of the K League, then we you don't fully know about Ohio and Gu. So we'll need to see how he plays. It looks a lot more similar to a Yakimakis mould than a Kyogo mould. So if he can cause some trouble for that Rangers backline, much like Yakimakis did, it will sort of yield some good results. But like you were saying earlier, if Maida plays through the middle, there's no problems with that either. We know he can cause havoc to Rangers as well from the wings, we've seen, but through the middle, I'm sure he would have a similar effect.
3: Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's great that we've got the option that we're not thinking, you know, we, we need to shoehorn in. I know some people would say that's what you're doing with and Maida, but as I say, it plays that role very well um, for Japan. Just to give a shout out to our tie in with uh, One Star. Um, if you'd have caught last week on the pod, we had Paul Lambert and Simon Dornley on. If you've not watched it, do catch up with um Really good insight from Paul Lambert. There's even some from words of wisdom there from the League Cup final at, at another um, League Cup final back there in 97 when of course Celtic went to Ibrox and beat the United in the first trophy one under Vim Jansen. Oh. It's a cup, you know, speaking to a lot of the players on that team, particularly Jackie McNamara that said that, you know, it was a big step and the, the, the team after that season believing that they could go on to win the league. You know, a lot of people were comparing that season eh, with first sales last year. So, one star are putting on an event at the Armadillo um, this year to celebrate 25 years since stopping the 10. Um, Axlom are giving away two general tickets um, for the event, so all you have to do is subscribe to the channel. and um, We've got a pair of tickets there, so if you're not already doing it, please do subscribe to the channel. We're not too far off, nearly hitting 20.7k subs, which is a... a Phenomenal going, um, so please do subscribe if you haven't already, and you'll be in a chance to win those fantastic tickets. It's free to do, so why not do it? Click the big button. Um, Back to back to that debate then, Brian. For, for me, if you know the manager is to probably go Wilhelm Gu at Hamden, Saturday with a big tail, tail factor in that against Aberdeen, you're going to need to see him get a lot more minutes than what we've seen so far. Is that why you think and you'd possibly be in the side of thinking that the manager would opt for Dyson Maeda instead.
4: Yeah. As I say, I think there will be a, 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 a... I think as well, if you play O for the start, then they might be thinking, "Oh, he's definitely going to start against us in the cup final," And then also Maeda starts. And that's different preparation. So there could be a bit of mind games in it as well. But I think whether he's going to start against um, them or not, I think O has to get a full game in. So he's ready, just in case. Because you never know how the game's going to go. It could be the case that, you know, something happens to one of the wingers and maybe then gets moved back out wide and he has to come in. So there's all that can happen. So I think the score will be as, as ready as possible. And I'm talking about the last, the, the, the Scottish Cup semi-final, I think we're a, a different beast for them. I think in terms of style of play, there's obviously no change, but there's a, a real resilience about the team. You see that, you know, the amount of times we're scoring late, we just were kind of refusing to lose. which sounds stupid, right? But you can see in the players are just, "Oh, we're going to win. We're going to win no matter what." I absolutely loved um, Striking and Angie's conversation after the, the the game the other day so uh, uh, people that watch will know Gordon Shanks. one of my favourite of Celtic managers I think he's done an exceptional draw I think he's really underrated in this sort of pantheon of, of
3: managers very, very witty as well Brian that's one thing no, I like about him um, I know you no, don't wait. judge a manager and he's pattered but um, you know if you're judging him and that he's, he's world class in the sharpness and the patter
4: He's world-class. I remember uh, the, the famous one when the guy says, Gordon, can we get a quick word? And he says, velocity. and just walks on. <laughs> just doing, like, just he got asked this one thing, this, um I think it was when he was in charge of Coventry. And he says, Gordon, what areas do you feel the other team are better than you? And he says, well, the big green one out there for a start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I loved about him and Ange talking was. The, they were talking about the fitness. And you, you could listen and them just talk about football and tactics all day. But...
3: I thought we were gonna see the Gavin Strachan I mean, love in I mean, there. Sorry. Eh? I thought we were gonna see the Gavin Strachan love in there. No, know the Gavin Strachan There's love Although
4: he's, he's getting the him and Kennedy have, have sort of recovered for the the grief they took before. The floor. But I think um, them talking about the, the, the fitness and I never quite made the link because I was one of the things I liked about Strachan's team was they were so fit. And I remember talking to Scott McDormand one time when he played in. He was saying that when he played against opposition teams, when it got to the last ten minutes, whether they were winning or losing, they always dropped back, and you could tell they started to get nervous because they knew Celtic were score because they were fitter. Mm-hmm. And you see that in Angie's team as well. There's that sort of real resilience, real le- high level of fitness, mm-hmm. and it just never seemed beat. And if you look at what Strachan's team achieved, you know, last sixteen twice, they just never looked beat. You no know matter what with the scores, you always felt they were going to win, they were going to pull it back somehow. And I feel that with Angie's team. And then you add in the fact that Angie's team is playing exceptional attacking football We a brilliant squad. So um, I think the, the difference with the previous game against them in the Cup to this one coming up is that in mentality. And I think that's what we'll see through regardless of who picks.
3: Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, you were up against a team there who, for a start, had a different coach. That was a trait. a uh, 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 them, you know, they went all the way in a, a European final. They went all the way in a Scottish Cup final and that. That was something that had been built into there. Mentality We, at that point, I think after extra time, looked like a team that was starting to become a bit weary on our feet. And I don't really think we got to the point in the system, Brian, as you say, that the manager wanted and expected these two. Just to look at the subs that day as well. Our first two subs were Furuhashi on for uh, uh, Abada and O'Reilly on for uh, Tom Rodjick. And then we brought Ralston on for Juranovic. We brought Welsh on for Taylor. Um, and forrest came on for, for Dyson maida. So just kinda looking at that, I think any subs you would bring on uh, likely to be stronger um than those obviously that extra one in there because we went to extra time that day. But I totally agree with what you say. I think the whole system and the way that we play football just now is a, a far way away for that game. Um you know the there are people in the bench, you know, Julian McCarthy, Johnston Adagucci, um not a, a lot of choices compared to what a Celtic bench would look like. At this point in time So It's an interesting one And I found it Fascinating myself the particular point You know Gordon really Do a lot of of detail With that kind of 35 yard point Mm -hmm. About Celtic To play by a team Um, And And again You know You you wouldn't have always Thought as stacking As this kind of Technical manager Particularly in my time I kind of I was young Watching his Celtic team I kind of more Remember him as a Scotland boss It's not something That I would have always Thought Obviously towards the end of that Scotland uh, management set up who got absolute pacing for talking about height um, and, and, and players um, being a I mean, I downside to Scottish players but uh, I found it really, really interesting. I would like to see that as a sit-down uh, chat. Um, Gordon and Big Hands, I think it would certainly make for for interesting viewing. Um, from one cup, James, to another, we'll, we'll go over to the Scottish Cup where we got the draw yesterday. Um, Biffy Clydo, are you a fan of Biffy Clydo, by the way? What, myself, Aye.
5: I've again, they're a Scottish
3: band and all that, but
5: I couldn't tell you a single Biffy Cairo song.
3: Nah. Nah, the, the the that's,
5: a, that's a better
3: many a four, four or Brian. I, that's the one you says there. That's, that's
4: it, that's the one I know, but I love Aye. it so. Counts.
3: Aye, no. Listen, it's it's only an kind of album that I know. It's an kind of album cover. And I've got. I think it's like kites or something as the front cover. Um, but I know they've Kelly fans as well. And a lot, a few people thought it was a, a few of the old top boys um, at play <laughs> last night. I don't really subscribe to that. Um, although, you know, Celtic are on the road um, in, the, in the Scottish Cup uh, now, and the first positive Brian is we'll probably get the whole Roseburn stand that we've now got for I think since two thousand and nineteen
2: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I hopefully. Um,
4: It'd be good to... I always think it it never makes sense to me when you see stands empty and, and... you know, Celtic fans would take him. It, it's it's it always seems like clubs are always cutting their noses off to spite their face because look, the chances are they're going to lose the game anyway, right? I'm not saying the club should give up, but be sensible, make a bit of money off it at least. If you're going to get a spanky, then get a spanky with a few quid. I hope they do soundbites that and <laughs> use that against yeah. me at some point, but um,
3: yeah. Uh, James, what's your take on it? Because I think the are in the Scottish Cup's 20%. Um... I, I was at Tyne Castle that night, the last time that we got to the full stand, I was there for the full free game in October. But there's something missing. It's always great. I think, you know, following CLT anywhere, whether it's Easter Road, Tyne Castle, or previously at Ibrooks when you were getting that full stand behind the goal Murable's another one that you get it. It's always great to create an atmosphere. Um but listen, I know hearts, you know, would bat right back saying, you know, I've sold tickets in there and whatever. Um but it, it'll be nice. You know, for Celtic to get that full stand again behind the goal, and hopefully see us uh, book our place in the semi final of the cup. Come then,
5: yeah, it'd be good to get as many Celtic fans there as possible. Considering the always toxic atmosphere that is time castle, but considering that they've sort of made some decent strides, they've had two wins in Europe, so there's sort of a bit rejuvenated fan base. The fans have been coming in, their numbers have been getting good ticket sales there, so I'm sure they'll get a good crowd in as well. But just, uh, that was one of the draws that I was hoping not to get. I mean, mm. so the worst possible scenario for draws you could have got there was Ibrox or Tynecastle, and that's what we've got. And he's 2-1 two, and, two and one at Tincastle in his management. The first one was his first league game, which I'm sure you could probably let him off with that one. And then two wins there since then. But they've always been tough games. I remember we were a Leon Boyce penalty away from dropping points. Rips, in the two the post. game, And then yep. the fourth D... E the 4-3 game, I don't really want to get into the VR discussion again. We've talked about that far too much in the podcast. But again, it was a tough game, really tight. And it will be something similar when we face the Castle next. Because Hearts third in the league, far and away third in the league. And the always was given a good game, but should be strong enough to get past them. It's a game that Celtic should be winning. We would be winning it in the league and we're probably going to win it here as well.
3: Yeah, hopefully. And, uh, you know, VAR, that was the first game I think it was ever used was in the league. That seems a hell of a long time ago. Um, but hopefully it doesn't take as much precedent as it did that day. Although I would have my reservations about it actually doing that. Um, but Brian, just kind of looking at the, the fixture of this, uh, I said before we came on, about rescheduled game against Hearts and the league is going to be played the 8th of March at Celtic Park. That's already been decided. That game was meant to be the weekend um, that the Cup final's on. So that's already been... Put in the diary, it's the, the 8th of March, meaning that we're going to play hearts twice in the space of, you know, minimum, uh, sorry, maximum five days. But it's likely that the game's either going to be Saturday or Monday because uh, Scotland play at Ireland at uh, Murrayfield on the Sunday. Obviously, you wouldn't play a Friday uh, night, having played Wednesday. Probably likely to be Saturday, half five. Don't know about Monday, um that seems to be the BBC slot, used to be the Darvel slot until they get absolutely battered off the Burns last night um, but it's going to be interesting because always kind of I don't worry about it but playing a team twice in such close proximity can have its problems um, but again I think as James says we should have enough quality and depth to, to get through both games unscathed hopefully pick up three points in the league and book a place in the semi-final
4: Yeah I think so I mean with was- we spoke about rotation earlier on, so I thought I don't have any trouble playing them twice in a short space of time because we could totally change our, our starting eleven if we wanted to, and and it's a, a different game, right? Um, in terms of the draw, I, I did not really care who we got. I'm kind of some a bit. Even when it was a Champions League draw, I, I was happy with anybody. I always think you know Celtic on form play anybody. I, I'd rather play the best every um, every step of the way and win it than you know. Get to be be sneaky teams and then try and get it. I, I like the challenge. And I think it's um, it's one of the the, the brilliant things about Celtic. We always seem to write to it all the time, and um, I, th- I always think the atmosphere is brilliant at Tynecastle. I actually think mm. Scotland should play their the Scottish football teams should play their home their home games there to the Hamden um, because it's, it's always a cracking atmosphere. It's a stadium. No, I'm a huge fan of the fan base. To be fair, and I think if they can agree that some of the
3: Great Saturday afternoon, the last time I was there uh, a particular gentleman who was making uh, very rude signs towards me, towards the whole game, but when Taylor scored the winner and towards the end of the game, Brian, I was having a great time.
4: Aye, aye, it's always good to uh, um, put them in their place, and as we want to do. Um, but I think the players like that, I think this you can tell, and that's There there's certain players that thrive under it. But I think, again, going back to the squad mentality, I think they enjoy that challenge. I think they enjoy being pushed and pressed. And actually, going back to the I mean, St. game, the way St. impressed pressed the back, no many teams have done that to us domestically. And you can see I me, mean, Carter Vickers particularly seemed to absolutely thrive. See, against Big Curtis Main and, and getting pressed I think Carter Vickers was still mm-hmm. moving to the side and just doing his normal pass, just super composure. But you could tell they, they sort of liked that challenge felt I was worried about just because he he's so aggressive at times. Right? He wants to win everything all the time and sometimes you can't. Eh? Uh, but even then, he he acquitted himself well. Um, penalty aside. So, I, I think they'll thrive under that. I think they, they like the pressure. Um, and that was gives me great confidence getting into these games, especially Cup games.
3: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair uh, shout. My, my dad's motto always in the Scottish Cup is, you know, the Cup, play anybody. If you're going to win it, you need to beat anybody. So, the way we should always go, um. But it's gonna be, it's gonna be tasty. Um. But I think that's a good shoot there in terms of Cameron Carter-Vickers. It was, you know, not nice to see him get a challenge, but you could tell he was thriving in it. You know, when it was a real tough test up against Curtis Mayne, who we knows get that physicality in his game. But no, no issues at all for the big man. You know, he get man of the match. I think he was very much deserving. Of it, um, I thought Daisy Meda was also in me I shout, yeah. I thought he was excellent on Saturday, just to be, he was aggressive, he was pressing and the fact he had to change positions in the game. But speaking about defenders, which is on nicely to today's uh, rumor mill, James, but um, we'll, we'll cover it because it's it's, it's there. Um, it's an old pal for Romano again. Who we know doesn't get everything right, don't we? But be terrible to know nonsense before from Fabrizio but he's quite a well-placed source so you need to give him his place and on this if anybody's not seen it um, just get the comment up here Carl Starfelt, um, yeah that is here Roberto Romano saying today Premier League teams are looking at Carl Starfelt are you surprised about that at all James or is that you know is that something that you expected to eventually see just based on his performances I'll,
5: I'd be lying if others to say that uh wasn't shocked when I saw the news come out. I think if you're looking at Celtic's backline, probably the one that you'd least expect to have the Premier League interest would be Carl Starfield. I thought mm-hmm. it would have been Kevin Carter-Vickers that the Cubs would be after. But uh, I moved to a lower Premier League team. I think it could be something that could be on the cards come the summer. I think he'll be 27, 28 come the summer. He's not exactly the youngest of players. So but I, I'm pretty surprised to be honest. I don't know what sort of fee we would try and command for Starfield either because we signed them for about £3-4 four million pounds. Mm, so if you could double that or even triple that then I think you would, you would take the money and you've got a ready-made replacement in Kobayashi and it's something we've seen sort of do so often and I know the summer windows ages away but if the situation were to arise where our player would go, we've got quality to come in straight away and that's just again a testament to Anja's transfer policy
3: Yeah, it's it's interesting in the terms of brand. You know, I always find that it kind of likes a wee bit to Yakimakis in terms of age, profile, where they're at, how that works for Celtic at this point in time. So as James touches on, Carlos Staff at this point is 27. He'll be 28 come the 1st of June. He signed for Celtic in the summer of 2021. It was a fee of around £4 million. If you remember right, Chris Iyer had just departed the building, I think for about £15 million when Big Iyer left. And right away, Starfield was unveiled. They used a bit of David Bowie, if you remember right, to unveil him. He used the old Starman stuff, which I thought was really impressive. By the way, as a big Bowie geek, I was like, well done, Celtic, I like stuff like that. So he's came in, he's obviously formed that solid partnership with Cameron Carter-Vickers. Um... He's split opinion at times, I think it's fair to say, but Celtic fans, not everybody's been a big fan of Carl Starfelt. Um, certainly myself, I think he's a good player and uh, I've been impressed with his partnership with Cameron Carter-Vickers. Incredibly, when he and Vickers have started a game together in the league, Celtic have never been beat, which is quite an incredible stat. Um, but you saw possibly the injuries creeping a wee bit if You think in the first part of the season, obviously, he was out after picking up an injury with Sweden. He came back, if I'm right, and um, played at Tannadice. He scored, having played at Rugby Park and scored. <laughs> came into the Rangers game, got subbed off, injured. Jens came back on. Um, where do you think we're at with Carlos Starfield, kind of nearly two years in here?
4: So, Starfield's an interesting one. So, I kind of liken him to Joe Hart in a way, in that. I think Stafford's an excellent defender. I've always been pretty consistent. I think he's 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 absolutely solid defensively. But I do get concerned that as Ange wants to see the team progress and get better and better, I don't think his ball work's going to improve that much more. And it's the same with Joe Hart. As good as Joe Hart's been, if we really want to move up to another level, we will need a keeper with the, who's better with the ball at their feet. So the reason I say the summer is, if Carl Stafford was to go, I would be it'd be probably quite gutted because I think he's been good for us. But Kobayashi, I think, has been brought in to be his replacement. You know, left-sided, very good with the ball at his feet. It looks like that's Angie's way of going. So I think that he'll probably be replaced whether it's, you know, whether he wants to or not. I think longer term, Angie's going to look to replace him anyway. The same with Joe Hart. And I don't think it's a reflection on the players. I think it's just as things progress, you need the squad to keep progressing and keep getting better. He's a guy who and who is always about sort of evolution and improvement and challenging mm-hmm. yourself. And I don't get the impression he goes, that's my best partnership, that's fine, don't you worry. I think you will be expecting Kobayashi to step up and then Carter Vickers to eventually go and somebody to replace him. I think that's just how his mind works. So, you know, I like him. I think if we want to move forward, I think we do need a, a partner that's closer in quality, Carter Vickers, and better the ball at his feet. Um, and I, I, I'd say the same about Joe Hart. Um, so really happy with them both but yeah I, I suspect if he goes I'd be quite comfortable and actually Liam Liam the man from Japan our mm-hmm. fellow Axon contributor he um, he's he rexco by Ash is going to be a longer term the far better player mm-hmm. um, he's really high on him thinks he's, he's got huge potential so there's also a reason he's been brought in and it could be the case that carols away
5: Brian, the, the, he's a bad one there the athlete, I've made the point on the podcast a few times before but if we want to progress in Europe, you're ultimately going to be ruthless when you're assessing the squad. I play like Starfield, he's a good player, solid enough for the Scottish Premiership, but if Celtic want to progress in Europe, which I ultimately think Andrew's main aim at Celtic will be to progress the team in Europe, and after he's done that, he will eventually leave. You've got to look at the squad as a whole. He's this player, he's good, but we can do better. Celtic can do better than Carl Starfield, I think, but he's a solid enough player for the Scottish football.
3: I want to bring in um, some comments from our contributors on this, because as I say, I said he he splits opinion, the big man, and we've got some split opinions, so we'll bring it in. So David first, he says that Starfield's been brilliant for Celtic. He can't understand how fans think he'll be easily replaced. Robert Highland comes in to say, how anyone thinks Starfield has been brilliant (laughs) is beyond me. Um, Will McMillan comes in to say Starfield is a championship player for him. And then David comes in to say, players that look after themselves can play at the top level, well in their mid-fair, he's 27, 28 years, he isn't old anymore, and another one in here to say he's been reliable. So there you go, there's a flavour of some mixed opinion to bring in on Karl Starfield. Um, just in terms of the profile, which I think the thing I'm trying to get at here, Brian, I think you made a really good point in the manager always speaking about that evolution, how to progress, how to get to a, a better side. It's not anything against any particular player, it's just looking at them, take the name out of the equation, take the age of them, take their ability and everything else and then see where we're at. Is it an indication in the January window when we sell a striker who was 27-28 and a feel back who's 27-28, 20, 27 I think Juranovic was, I know Ranj kept saying he was 28, That, and then we go for two younger profile players, is that you know an example of how the manager wants the model to work, that you have players, you get to that point, because you know Starfield, the comment coming in there about his age from David about, you know, it isn't old, but we know that value starts to to dip a bit as they get to that wee bit older stage. Is it an indication in January of how things will move forward with players that are starting to get to that point? Um, no saying that when somebody turns 27, we'll have them out the door. But for some, the manager will think, right, OK, I can possibly get, you know, 10, 15 million pounds here. I'll take that, I'll reinvest it, I'll get a younger guy in. And that's how it works. Is that how it needs to work from now on?
4: So uh, I, I think overall the answer would be yes. Um, but I, th- I don't think it's just the manager. I think that's how, if you look at the Celtics traditional player trading model, really seems Law came come in. This idea of getting these players in, making them Champions League calibre was the, always the, sort of the, the selling point and then selling them on. I don't think that's particularly changed. I just think Andrew's better at it than anyone else has been. I think if you look at the players he's signing in general, um, they're inexpensive, they come from sort of unpopular leagues and they're at quite a young age. And the idea being, the difference between him picking these players is they fit the team and they fit the dynamic of the team, whereas before we were just kind of finding players... And just, when well, he's young, he is quite good, get to sign him in without consideration of how they're going to fit in the, the system of the team. And so I just, I think, as well as it's Angie's decision, I think it's a club decision. And I think Angie knows how to work within that mould. The other thing to consider, kind of about out and Juranovic. So they were two more expensive players. Well, Juranovic wasn't too bad, but he was still a bit more than they normally pay. If you consider Matt Riley, was one million, mm-hmm. uh, Cobush's. For oh my sorry, a, a million or 800 grand or something like that. So I it was also about 4 million, but at the time we were desperate for a centre half. I mean, we, we had to just buy and get in. I don't think we had, because Andrew's basically made up a whole squad, and I don't think we had the. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we had uh, the. <laughs> that's, that's very good.
3: I, I was, like that.
4: I yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't think we had the luxury of getting players younger and bringing them on. I think we had to have a few sort of key players in. And then you've seen transfers since. They've all been a bit younger and a bit more into that traditional mould. Um, and listen, it's somebody that's about to turn 40 this year. I'm in no way thinking that 28-year-old is too old, right? I would skin a grown man alive to be 28 again. But Declan, you're right in terms of value. Players, unless they're a superstar, don't tend to go for a lot of money when they get to that 30 mark. They've got a lot of not transfers because they don't, don't tend to get long-term deals. Mr Thiago Silva, um, so I think we, we have to sort of trust the process, and I, I think you're right. I think i has been canny enough to sort of go right. This is where we need to improve the team, get them in January, so by the summer they're all up to speed, and if we need to improve anyone else, then they can come in and they can replace them and so on. And I think he said as well, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something about don't don't you know get too close to players or, or don't,
3: don't be too close to your heroes. Yep. It is, yeah. i
4: just basically I'll punt them if that, <laughs> that rises and um, and he's quite right because no player is bigger than the club and I think the way Anne sees it is the club's a collective a Celtic football club and then everybody else is just part of it and I think that's quite a, a, a good way of thinking and it's a way that maybe previous managers or maybe us his fans have never looked at it that way before
3: yeah Certainly, you know, coming out, Celtic to keep Carlos Starfield. I'd be very much willing to keep Carlos Starfield too. I think he's been an important player for us. Um, people right we are saying, you know, if 27, 28 is the selling is. we should worry about Kyogo then. I'm not saying that every player that when they turn a certain age, we're not going to become DiCaprio AFCs, I've been told. Um, I'm just kind of looking at the overview picture and taking every kind of wee nugget that the manager's given us about, as you see, Brian, Not getting attached to people and whatever else, and how we evolve. And move on. It's an interesting discussion to have because I think that's always something that Silver's going to continually do. I think for our business model to work, which is important in how we do in the park, that we need to have. You know, we can't have that that same um, point that we got to two seasons ago when you get players who have overstayed their welcome, didn't want to be there, we've hung on to them, and we end up with a, a fee that you know can't be properly reinvested um, into the side. But
4: yeah, sorry. Right, just just one quick point before we move on. Um, see in terms of the Kyogo thing with age, I think it's slightly different for the Japanese players because they don't start playing until they're a bit later. So mm. if you look at um, Hitate, who's 24, he's only been playing professionally for about two and a half years or something like that you know, It's, it's yeah, crazy. That's right. yep. uh, if you look at that relatively speaking, you have to see it does vary if you play at the player. So it's not a hard and fast rule but I think you has got a, a long way. Even um says he's nowhere near his peak yet, which is quite interesting when you consider his age. But I think if you look at the, the Japanese players coming through, the fact that Nakamura's only just retired,
5: <laughs> you know,
4: it, it's a different way of doing it. So
5: um, well, There was a boy that was still playing in the top flight in the J-League. He was 52, 53 years old, but he was still playing the oldest living professional footballer. I think his name was Miura. He was still playing there at
3: 53 years old. Yeah, well, I think uh, Craig Falconbridge, I think it was something that Paul was talking about, was still kicking the bother, who Celtic fans will remember for the season, we were talking about uh, earlier on, but but, was still, you know, until fairly recently, I think was still playing football. Um, It's just an interesting conversation he has. As I say, you know, it's interesting, obviously, that we've brought Kobayashi in. Brian, you bring it to that point, now that Japan will probably be looking at him as someone who they want to break into their their first team, um, due to the age profile of Yoshida and everybody else, um, and what that kind of means for Stafford. But as I say, I think my point in Stafford just now is I think he's a, a valuable player to our team. He's an integral part of our team, um, and as long as he's happy at the club, I'd be more than willing, um, to to keep him there. But I, I, again, it was a shame for him. I think he only played a. Uh, one Champions League game for us if I'm correct in saying and that was a 5-1 Mullen in the yeah. the Bernabeu because he's injury too so um, hopefully the injury's well behind him and he kicks on um, but for me he's an important player for us at this point in time just now I think it was just something that I wanted to touch on because it was there and looking at the age and everything else that comes into it with market value as well as that his contract's up at Celtic in 2025 you know similar to possibly Yakimakis players at that age um, look to to cash in possibly in a big final payday, and um, which he might do also. But again, he might be looking um, at renewing his contract at Celtic and whatever that would entail. Uh, also, it's it's kind of strange at this point, Brian, because he, as I say, earlier when we're talking about squad playing the one game a week, but kind of usually and it's usually looking towards the end of the game. But it's not that point. So just kind of taking a wee step forward um, to, towards Aberdeen at the, the, the weekend. It shouldn't be a game. That we're worried about. We've got our old player, Barry Robson, uh, in the dressing room. I don't think it's a job that Andrew's been linked to. Um, I think he's been linked to everybody else. My local team up the road, Partick so, I don't know if they've maybe contacted him too. Um, I don't even know maybe what Motherwell might even have a wee interest in Andrew because he seems to get linked to everybody else. Um, but looking at this Aberdeen game, uh, hopefully he's not tied up in a chair um, upstairs with two bodyguards outside the door. And it is the pressure before Aberdeen. But just kind of looking towards that game. It'll be game 26 in the league and it should hopefully just be another routine tick off. But again, do you think that the team that play against Aberdeen will be a good indication of what you're probably looking towards in the cup final? Um, no,
4: I, I think that... No. I, I don't think that it'll be as, as simple as that. I think, as I say, I think all will probably start. But I don't think you will start the cup final. I think it, it maybe Guy plays maybe one last chance. So I think you probably have... And he said who's going to start the cup final probably. So I think maybe was saying is right. Let me just if there's maybe a couple of players, maybe no, maybe I'm not sure over Moy or O'Reilly. Maybe we'll start O'Reilly just to see. Um, so I think you may see that. I don't think you can read, I think just in general, I don't think you can be too much into Angie's selections because we can never guess them. It's very rare that we get them right because he does tinker a wee bit. Now it's never mass changes. It's always. Me bits now and again. The um, only point about him getting tied up to the chair, I was laughing as well when he was um, talking to Gordon Strachan about it. He was interviewed and he said, well, "You've seen the size of John Kennedy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he get a me to him? He they'll just do it.' Which I thought was quite funny. Um, and then, also with the striking link as well, Barry Robson. Um, is he sees still. No, I'm he's it. Be taking,
3: he be scored... taking charge. I did at the weekend. Oh. I scored. We start again? yeah, against That's that. Right. Don't
4: you? His yep. First, goal aye. For the aye. free kick,
3: free kick that's right. Aye, um, it's the game that actually clip it fled up. If you, if you watch it back, he, he does this ridiculous sweet trick, he kind of takes the ball back, takes it, and then puts the ball over. I think it's Scott McDonald who gets the goal, but I robbed it's a terrific free kick that just bends it right in the, the and and wall, I, I think the he's a, a, a,
4: a very underrated player for Celtic. Yes, I always remember the, the game against Rangers where he absolutely smashes Christian Daly. Remember, like first yep. minute. I think Harry and Paul Hartley were, were an incredible partnership that season, and kept Scott Brown out of the team. And then look how that turned out for for Scott, you know. So um, the reason I mention that is if you look at these players coming in, maybe it's not the right time right now. But it doesn't mean it won't be. Certain players at certain time are just in a purple patch, and um, so I, I don't necessarily think the team that plays against Aberdeen will be the one that starts um, against them in the cup final. But I think um, I think it might be players' last chance to sort of say, no, you need to start me. Uh, and that in itself is quite exciting because you expect a good performance.
3: As a Celtic team, that I, I, I was eight when we won that title, so I can kind of remember it pretty well. And always can kind of look back and it quite fun to be big Jan Scott McDonald up top, that uh, at midfielder, uh, uh, Robson Hartley, um, and then the the back two Piana Caldwell, McManus with big Boric and goals, but not a bad team. Lee the left back whatever else. Um, remember it pretty well. Um, last 16 in the Champions he, League, twice in the Bounds. Like, the Bounds like, yeah, team, yeah. You might just be a wee bit too young to remember that team. You
5: Stratton's, to... uh, he's sort of the first Celtic manager I remember. I remember
3: right.
5: for Christmas one year I got, it was the DVD after Stratton won his third title. That was that's sort of the first Celtic team I remember. So it's a bit strange now seeing Barry Robson in an opposing dugout against Celtic. Um, I'm just glad that there's another job sort of off the market that Ange could have been potentially linked with Jesse Marsh taking over at Southampton yeah. later on. Mm-hmm. We've got Barry Robson maybe taking the reins at Aberdeen. But I don't think you can look too much into the Aberdeen game as an indicator for the sort of Cup, set, the cup final. I think unless O scores a hat-trick or something against Aberdeen, I'm fairly confident that will be Dyes made up front, as uh, Brian was saying there.
3: Yeah. As if Kyogo's no fit. He might be back. He might be actually yeah. all right. If you he remember right, he he got that injury against uh, Rangers and it came on as a sub, I think, three or four days later against Real Madrid. So he might give him a wee bit more time to heal up. But he looked looked alright walking around the pitch on Saturday after the game. Um so hopefully he's hoping and praying he never seems okay. to get a
5: proper crack at it against Rangers. There's always sort of something up with Kyogo, whether he's playing off the left or He's got an injury now. He's just he'll just be coming back from an injury. So whether he'll start it'll be in the bench, who knows? But let's just keep our fingers crossed and hope he's fit.
3: Yep. No. Hopefully. Um we'll finish on this. Um Robert's highlighted it. Barca has to return to Chelsea at the end of the season. Obviously came out yesterday, oh, Brian. The Utrecht um are not going to be able to foot the bill for for a Big Barkey as we know him as meaning they'll come back. Paul did a great Fred. Um I don't know if it was in his own Twitter or the actual on Twitter Jason, in terms of the lone players that Celtic have got out he's certainly not one player Brian who I think will be back playing in a Celtic jersey any soon
4: oh by big hologram Hans no I hope not <laughs> um, but it's, it's interesting when you think about that actually well I, I, I'm eh, no on Twitter now but you, obviously in the summer because could have Sorrow, Urigidi, Shaw I don't know if Hazard's here he's back at he's, he's, uh, he's back,
3: back now away. yep
4: Back, and then you could also have maybe Carl Starfield leaving Welsh. Don't know what's happening with him, Johnson coming back. It, so it's a mad summer again, you know. I can't, it's made to think that Soros is still their player. It feels so long ago that, you know what I mean? Like, so, um, I'd be interested to see you, bit Barkas, listen, I, I, I'd give him for a and he'll come back. He's, <laughs> he's got to be my one of my least favorite Celtic players of all time. I'm sure he's a lovely guy, and I wish him
5: a good career, but he was rotten for me. Right he, he was coming out in the media uh, when he first went to Utrecht so They wouldn't recommend joining Celtic to any player. So you really want to give a second chance to a guy that has an attitude like that towards the club, and also a player who was perhaps the worst player I've ever seen in a Celtic shirt. And I don't well, think is, it, is, is
3: that uh, you go with that. mine's just John Joe Kenny, by the way. John Joe Kenny was I absolutely the rotten.
5: Our cast was worse.
4: Right, okay. I don't know who's the worst player ever I never do think about that because we've had some crackers over the years
3: you, 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 you were the 90s man Brian so you're, you're going to have a lot worse
4: experience remember Dewey the big Chinese centre they played yep. 45 minutes against Clyde New Yep. against Enroy Keane's debut he's got to be up there yep. as well we should maybe make our worst our worst ever Celtic 11 for, for next time we're on the show boys let's, let's do that because that'll be we
3: Doing a, a, a livings like that, we actually, I think it was Covid time and we did a cult hero. A, a living, um, be honest, a, 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 I'll be there somewhere if you go and dig it out. Be interested, maybe go back to that because somebody like Yakimakas could actually be champion at the door to get into that team because you know, a player in the half season type of thing. And um, but again, it depends um, what uh, people uh, define as a cult hero and, and what that is, whether it's their the way they dress, whether that's to be as a football player, wonder if that's how long they're at the, the the club for. Brian, just to kinda of finally finish, so it touches on with that back I think, is there anybody at this point in time has asked you, midway through February, you expect to come back to Celtic and be in the equation? Is it somebody like Adam Montgomery and Mikey Johnson you expect to come back?
4: No, if I'm honest. Um no. I I thought if anyone, Montgomery's probably got the 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 most chance because he's age and I think he's, he's done pretty well in his own spells. But, and I actually thought he was doing all right under Ange at first, but uh, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, he's, is he better than Bernabeu or Taylor? I don't know. I'm not convinced. So I, I wouldn't see it. Johnson's an interesting one, because I think he's done quite well in Portugal. And I know Ange did like him, but again, if you look at Rocco Vata coming through, there's Haxabanovich getting another full season under him and stuff. I, I don't see there's any room for him, so, so hopefully not. Um, but yeah, we, we don't know. Just... Um, it would be good to see you I think about it the night while I'm having my, my jelly and ice cream after my, my Valentine's Day dinner.
3: There you go. Uh, a pudding, I think, fit for any Celtic fan on Valentine's Day. But we'll, we'll leave in that. Thanks to everybody who's joined us. As I said, midway through the show, if you haven't already, please do subscribe to the channel. We've got a pair of tickets there for the one-star event. To, uh, it's a tribute night to Vim Jansen and it's 25 years since they stopped the 10. up. should be a cracking night, so please do subscribe to the channel. James Bryan, good to catch up. Thanks for all the commenters and we'll catch you tomorrow on a Celtic State of Mind.